Hello, everyone, and welcome to Speaking with Joy, a podcast to fill your soul, challenge your mind, and make you brave. I'm your host, Joy Clarkson, and an evangelist for all things good, true, and beautiful. So make yourself a cup of tea, find somewhere comfortable, and let's dive in to this week's episode. joy hi there mama it is so lovely to talk to you and hello to everybody else listening <laughs> we're so happy that we have all of you here today i um i'm with my community at um at home with sally and joy who's your community my community is speaking with joy and i have also been creating over the last couple of days my escape cast special podcast to kind of provide happy, wholesome, and uh, good distraction in these crazy times where we're all stuck at home. <laughs> well, I love it, and I loved what you've been doing. We'll have to tell people at the end kind of where to find you, but joy is one of my funnest escapes. <laughs> I and- think one of the greatest things about, I was writing out things that have been making me happy uh, over the last few days, and one of the things that's made me most happy is that we've gotten to talk on the phone more. We have, and it's just, I absolutely get giddy when I see that you're going to call me. And I guess we should tell everyone, in case they listen to this later, this is a podcast that we thought would be fun to record for you in the middle of the COVID virus, where we are all absolutely stuck inside. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed, and I am talking to you from St. Andrews, Scotland, in my little flat, where the ocean is but a few hundred feet away, uh, but I'm stuck in my little uh, flat here in St. Andrews where I'm doing a PhD. And where are you, Mama? I am in Monument, Colorado. And the funny thing is, is for me, there's still about 18 inches of snow outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, the, the sidewalk is cleaned, but uh, and I, I got to walk my first half block yesterday. We <laughs> <laughs> live 7,200 feet uh, high altitude in the mountains. Yes, so it sounds like even if um, you it were under normal circumstances, you would have been having a weekend in the house anyway. I would have. And this time I was okay because I didn't need to drive out because I couldn't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of pretty. I enjoyed the snow in a different way. Yeah. I'm well, talking to everybody from our family home. In yes. Europe. So, um, and you have a lovely home in Scotland, which I always miss because it's so much fun to go visit you there. Well, I think one of the things that's been fun um, since kind of growing up, so to speak, I visited Sarah, my sister, a couple weeks ago. And it was so fun to be in her house and to kind of feel like there is, there's a Clarkson ethos that goes with us, whether we're in Scotland or England or New York or California or Texas or Colorado. Um, so true. Because we just, we, as a family, so valued home and um, and cooking and, and making that a life-giving space, as your book is called, Life-Giving Home, that if I feel at home, whether I'm in Colorado or or here, or with Sarah, because there's kind of things that we always did in our home that made it feel like home no matter where we were. Mm-hmm. It's so true, and I I feel like uh, even as I look back on our lives together, we moved 19 times, six times internationally, seven times at low, eight times recently. Yes. And, um, and so home wasn't a physical place, but it was, we took our books, our traditions, our beauty, our candles, all, all the different things we'll talk about today, Wherever we went, we knew that we could set up a place that kind of held us. And that's what I love coming to your home for, because I just sit there and look at all the beautiful spaces 
that you've created as a habit, as a life habit. Yeah. Well, something I've been thinking about this week, um, it's funny because even before all this madness happened, I have been thinking about kind of what are some of the tools and things that you need in life to be a happy and peaceful person, even in this really exhausting and kind of cynical world sometimes. And one of the things that I had been thinking about was how you kind of have to create a happy place. I would call it a haven of happiness within yourself uh, that no matter what's happening in the world or what's what's happening in your life, that there's kind of a place you can return and feel safe and happy and, and comfortable in. And mm-hmm. I was thinking about that inside of myself, but I was thinking about that kind of as a metaphor of like an actual physical place that you go and you have a range to feel comfortable and at home. So it was funny because I had been thinking about that, um, you know, hypothetically in my mind as a metaphor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then this week, of course, my apartment has become quite literally that happy haven, that that space that I've retreated to as everyone else has retreated to. Um mm-hmm. To, to be a place where I can be safe from the world. And so um, so you and I have been talking about what can you do in your home and in your own heart to kind of create a haven of happiness so that no matter what madness is happening in the world, there's kind of this center of peace and of calm and of that it's life-giving to yourself and to other people in your home. And so that's kind of what we wanted to talk about today, wasn't it? It's so true. And uh, it's so funny. Um, I was reading this article that talked about the fact that um, about your brain. And that's why the kinds of choices that we make during this time will influence how we respond to stress in the future and how the people around us respond to stress in the future. Because uh, it was the article was talking about uh, how your brain stores memories. And when you practice as a habit, which was very encouraging to me, I, I had originally started a blog a number of years ago uh, called I Take Joy. And actually, I meant besides the fact that I take you as my daughter, <laughs> <laughs> just that it's a choice to take joy. And uh, I changed now to Sally Clarkson so people can actually find me. But um, when we practice a habit of cultivating joy, then it makes your brain pathways actually the first place it's going to look when you're in any situation in life, it's going to go to a happy place. It's going to go to joyful pathways in your in your mind. And um, when you um, when you are complaining and cynical and whining and uh, dark or whatever, when you when you kind of like water those thoughts in, in terms of like you water the seeds of, of a garden, if you water those thoughts and they grow, your mind is going to naturally become darker and go in the pathways of darkness first because it's the most familiar reaction your mind has had. And so I, I thought this is a particular time for all of us. Uh, I know so many of my friends have, I've been talking on the phone a lot, <laughs> actually not on the phone, on FaceTime, to several friends. And, um, and uh, many of them, I don't want to under um, underestimate uh, yeah, the amount of things that people are going through from job loss to disappointment to different things. And yet I think that uh, what we've kind of experienced as a family over our many moves, our many um, ups and downs in life, we've had lots of dark times and light times. But these these traditions that we put into place hold us. Mm-hmm. And um, they, they keep us. It's kind of like a foundation in walls that contain our emotions and help us to have a place to go when we need to go to a place of and of, of creating light. And Joy, you uh, introduced me to this quotation many years ago, 
that they said Eleanor Roosevelt said, and then they said a Chinese person said whatever. You know, I don't know who said it. Um, it is better to light a candle than to curse the darkness. Mm. And that's kind of an image, I think, of what we're talking about. What are the specific ways? And we can talk about what are some of the Clarkson ways that all of us. <laughs> uh, I have to say, I'm really glad that you and Joel, um, you, you're both studying this year together in, in uh, St. Andrews, and you decided to get an apartment together this year. And I'm kind of glad you're both together because you all can kind of stir each other on in the midst of all of this. But what are some of the uh, holding um, holding things that really uh, you've done and, and have encouraged you? Well, I was going to say, first of all, I love that you talked about um, the, the whoever said it quote of it's better to light a candle than curse the darkness. Because last night, um, something that was really special <laughs> is that a whole bunch of leaders, Christian leaders in, the, in England, so Anglican, Catholic, Orthodox, um, Reformed, Baptist, everyone, they all kind of joined together and asked um, Christians all across the country at 7 p.m. to light a candle in their window and uh, as a symbol of the light of Christ and and to pray for, for everyone and the way that this is impacting everyone. And we did that last night, and it was such a small thing, but to be able to feel like we could do something tangible and real that that brought light to a situation just uh, was really fun and moving for me. Um, that was beautiful. I think I, I uh, we were on Skype or we were on a FaceTime together yeah, at that time. I showed, so, I showed you. Beautiful yeah. to see the light in your window. Yeah, and I just think for all of us that that is kind of, I, I keep on saying that when I was younger, I always wanted to be brave. I wanted to live through something terrible. And of course, now that I'm older, I'm like, it's really one should not desire to live through terrible things. But you would just be reading hero tales, and you wanted yeah. to be a in your and, lifetime. Um, and I've realized that this is not what any of us would have imagined as the way that we could live through hero times. But this yeah. is our chance to light a metaphorical um, candle in the window and kind of figure out what it looks like to be brave, and also what it looks like to be happy um, in the midst of weird times. And so I was telling <laughs> mom the first thing I'm going to say that. Uh, we'll just go back and forth and share things that we've been doing that have been bringing us joy and happiness in this kind of strange season. And for me, one of those has been, and I already kind of alluded to this, but making my room a really um, peaceful, happy place. So mom has stayed in my room. It's uh, it's a little, it's a fairly small room, right? Well, it has two beds because it's kind of the place where people come. Um, all, all rooms in, in uh, UK apartments are usually pretty small. Yeah, there, it's a pretty small room, and I have like a nook by, but I have a nook by my window, which is a nice big window. It's about uh, five feet wide and and just big enough to where I can like wedge a little chair into the corner. Um, mm -hmm. But I yesterday I cleaned up all of my room, so it's really tidy, and that brought me a lot of joy. And then I arranged my little window so that I had a candle on it. Um, I had some friends, uh, a friend leave me flowers, which was really lovely, uh, mm -hmm. in exchange for muffins, <laughs> and, which I'll talk about in a minute. Um, so I have those. I have kind of pictures of people I love, a beautiful thing, um, uh, a card from a family member that reminds me that I'm loved, and just kind of, you know, none of it's expensive. None of it is something I had to go out and get, but just having this little corner that's clean and safe and beautiful that I can work in, that I can read in. It's just bringing me so much joy and satisfaction. And so if anyone's listening, I would say to you, we all have to be inside right now. 
So find a corner in your house and make it your corner, no matter how small it is. And mine really is pretty small. Like I, I can't, I could not um, stretch out my legs if I were sitting with my back against the wall. That's how small it is. But it's um, so cozy. You've made it beautiful. But it's so cozy and it brings me so much pleasure and happiness throughout the day even when I'm not there like just to know that there's a corner in the house that is all my own that's mm-hmm. beautiful that's full of things that remind me that I'm loved and that the world is full of beauty that's in the sunshine uh is just bringing bringing me a lot of happiness I'm so glad and it, it does delight me to know that you all have been equipped I know that's a funny thing but yeah. you have the tools of being able to survive well yeah. and um, you'll think this is really funny but you won't actually because you know this but uh, the other day I, I've been traveling a lot because I was in the UK helping Sarah with the babies for several weeks and I had a couple of other trips I saw you all and um, my life has been pretty demanding this this year uh, from I had three weeks to finish a book in and, and anyway it's just been one thing after the other mm-hmm. and so I finally uh, had this leadership meeting in Asheville and then of course in the midst of us being there is when they closed everything down mm-hmm. and um, everyone was afraid of us traveling and that you know you're going to get this and blah 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 so uh, I finally made it home on the airplane through the airport through the car into the snow into the doors and uh, the next morning, I was, you know, bedhead, messy hair, pajamaed, and um, I went downstairs, and you know what I did? I turned on the tea kettle. <laughs> and the funny thing was, I, I have this little drawer mm-hmm. that has teacups and saucers in it, and then I have a cabinet right next to it that has teacups and saucers, and we just pile them in, because we know that we're going to break them eventually, but we use them, and <laughs> Uh, the thing about these teacups is, is that if if they could speak to you, they would all be a memory. They would all tell a story. And so I was, I thought this morning I'm going to pick one that speaks to my heart right where I am. And actually, as I held this teacup, it was like all these happy hormones just flooded <laughs> into me. And I thought, am I idolizing tea? But not really. But I think what I was realizing is that after long journeys, it was like, oh, I'm going to go to my place. I'm going to light my candles. I'm going to put music on. I, I had, um, Daddy had gotten me some flowers. I told him, Esther Marion lasts forever. And uh, and I was going to go to my little quiet place on the couch, look out the window, sip my tea, listen to music. And I realized that because my whole body and my whole brain know this because I've done it for so many years. Mm-hmm. Time to center. It's a time to throw my whole thought and heart out to the Lord and, and just to uh, pray for you all. Anyway, just holding the teacup like brought this flush of, <laughs> speaking of happy place, because I, I don't even know how many years it's been my habit, but it was like this grounding anchor in my life. And so um, I think everybody probably has a mug or a teacup in their home. But if you can make not just a place like Joy was talking about, excuse me, but when you make a habit that can please you every day of your life, no matter where you go, Mm -hmm. uh, something that will that will speak to you something that will say, I, I am a civilized person, I can have this moment of quiet, I can enjoy myself i i am a woman of beauty it's kind of you know you create this space and this rhythm and the funny thing is is i think all of us in our family are 
are so committed to this type of thing. Even the boys, you know, <laughs> Nathan has his mug. Uh, Daddy has his, he has Scottish tartan mugs. Joel <laughs> has his mug. Anyway, but I think it's, it's both, um, and, and again, what you said is so important, uh, putting things of beauty that actually you can be grateful for or that remind you mm-hmm. of, of a choice that you can make. I know that you know that I have uh, pictures of all of you kids all over the house, all of us, um, pictures in Breckenridge, pictures when you were little kids, pictures at graduations or whatever in different places, on shelves, on the walls. And that that makes me feel close to you. Well, here's here's one of my things too. As long as we're talking about putting things that are beautiful that keep us happy and keep us centered, um, I really miss church. Like it's I know it's a funny thing, but I genuinely love going to church. And so I was really sad yesterday to not be able to just be with the people that I loved and worship. And there's something special about praying and um, receiving communion. I was just sad not to be there. But I had seen. Um, on Twitter, a whole bunch of people were saying, you know, make a little special corner of your house um, for kind of, kind of like a prayer corner or a, you know, the old days, it was very common sure. to have like a little altar. Uh-huh. Um, and when I was at Gwenny's, she has this wonderful little kneeler that she got from an old church. And so Joel and I thought, well, we'll do that. So we made a little corner where we, uh, I put my Bible and I put um, a, little, a beautiful um, uh cross and a little icon that Joel has of Jesus. And, and it was just, there was something really special about making that little place. And it's just, I don't know, there's some small things that you just have islands, both of, uh, habits that are, that kind of well up pleasure within you places Mm -hmm. that feel safe. And also like things that you can see in your home that, that remind you of beautiful and good and true things. And I said, that was a fun thing. And it was fun to see what other people did to kind of make totally. a little space in their home while we're all missing actually gathering together. But, you know, sometimes that also, if maybe you're feeling doubtful or yeah. confused or whatever, but going to that place where you expect God to be waiting to meet you, it, it kind of gives a calm to your heart. It, it symbolizes what you know is true in your heart. And, again, it's that it's that rhythm and routine. Um, I just I love that you do that, and I love picturing you all doing that. Um, well, Joy, I love too some of the things that you did this week that I thought were such great ideas. <laughs> tell tell a little bit about that. Okay. Well, so um, this week um, they say that necessity is the mother of invention. Um, so we we invent things because we must. And mm-hmm. this week, uh, Joel and I did pretty well on shopping, but we accidentally bought an abundance, an overabundance of two things: eggs. <laughs> And bananas. And the eggs. Eggs eggs and bananas. And eggs are not a problem because, you know, you can make quiche, you can make scrambled eggs, whatever. But bananas, you can, like, really only eat so many bananas before one feels overwhelmed. So I had all these leftover bananas, and I was like, what should I do with these? And... (laughs) And I have a a chocolate uh, chip banana muffin that I recipe that I really like, but I didn't have. Well, I had chocolate chips, but I wanted to save them for chocolate chip cookies. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, I wonder if I could find something else to do with these bananas. So I set out on an adventure, um, a quest to make the best like version of banana muffins that I could while missing <laughs> key ingredients. By which I mean. Uh, chocolate chips, vanilla, which is like kind of important, um, and brown sugar. And so I, I experimented and I, I did four different versions of the muffin 
<laughs> and I, by which I mean, like, I had the same basic batter, but I, like, added and, you know, did all these different things. And I finally came up with a recipe that I actually ended up liking even better than if I had had the chocolate chip banana muffins. So I ended up having butterscotch banana muffins with a crumble topping with pecans. And mm. I, it was decadent. It was delicious. Joel and I had it as a part of our Sunday brunch. We figured as long as we're home, we have to make kind of an ordeal of a few things. So our brunch was our ordeal. He's, he's cooking one night. You're cooking the next night, right? Yep, so he's downstairs making, um, making pasta right now. So, um, but it was so fun and so good. And I felt so proud of myself for having created a recipe that I actually liked better than the original recipe. Mm. purely because I didn't have any of the ingredients left over. And then I sent it to you. Yes, you did. I mean, I saw uh, Joy was uh, showing me, or I saw online, actually, mm-hmm. your muffins, and I thought, I want those muffins. And so I another one of our traditions, as people know, but I just have to say it because maybe this will be the first week you start it. Uh, because our family lived in Europe a lot, and we all have spent many years in England, um, we adopted years ago, and it was probably because I was discipled this way. I can still remember the first time I thought, this is so civilized. We have every afternoon, and uh, probably many times in between, but every afternoon, no matter what, and in our home when you all were kids, we had afternoon tea time. Mm-hmm. And so Daddy and I, uh, because we're sequestered together, uh, I've been having making afternoon tea for us. He makes his mug downstairs in the basement, I make mine upstairs, and then I usually provide something. And so I thought, I'm going to make these muffins and surprise him. So when I said I was going to make muffins, (laughs) he was thinking I was going to make his favorite oatmeal muffins, which I think is in my book, Life Giving Home. And oatmeal muffins, you can put anything in because they're kind of a holder for great things. But I made these muffins that you made with butterscotch because he loves butterscotch. I ate two whole muffins. I never (laughs) eat two whole big muffins. They were absolutely delicious. But did you already tell what you did with the muffins? I, I, I didn't. I, I almost forgot for a second. So, yes. Yeah, so the thing is, um, you know, again, with the one can only eat so many bananas, one can also <laughs> only eat so many banana muffins. And, um, you know, there's just Joel and me. And this recipe, I think, uh, how many did it make for you? Uh, it made uh, 12 really full ones. Yeah. So I think the next time I make it, I might make slightly smaller ones. So it made more than we could eat. And, um, and so I thought, well, I can't, uh, you know, we shouldn't be hanging out with friends. Uh, the town is pretty much empty. And so, um, I I set up the town just a little bit because I'm realizing that people are thinking of it differently where I live, our houses are spread out Mm -hmm. and I, I wouldn't even know. I mean, I would have to walk a long way to find my friends. Like, you know, 20 miles <laughs> kind of set us up on um, St. Andrews because that's kind of part of the charm of this. Oh, yes. Well, St. Andrews is a teeny tiny, um, basically fishing village on the edge of the North Sea of Scotland. So pretty much the town is made up of three main streets, um, South Street, North Street and Market Street. And they all culminate at the end in this big uh, ruined cathedral that used to be as big as Chartres in France. So it used to be like the place where all the pilgrims came from all over. Um, but all this to say, it is a, it's a pretty tiny town. I have timed myself. It takes me one minute and 24 seconds to walk to my church. Um, <laughs> uh, 30-something seconds to walk to the grocery store. Like, it's a very tiny town. Um, so, 
So I decided that with these spare muffins, I would go around and deliver a few to various friends. And I was particularly, this will sound funny, but I was particularly mindful. Joel and I have a, uh, a, a very close group of friends at church, and it's been funny. They've been Skyping, or they've been doing a FaceTime every afternoon at 2.30. They're and, kind of church, and they also, oh, I go ahead. I was well, going to say some of them go to your classes too, don't they? Uh, yes. Yeah, oh, no, no, totally. Um, but so anyway, I was particularly mindful of several of the people who are by themselves and also particularly the Joel's and my guy friends who are by themselves. And we thought they could probably use some, some fresh baking. And so we took little packages of muffins and we uh, just went on a walk around town and left them at their doorstep. Mm-hmm. Um, so we didn't go into their house. Um, and we, uh, we told them we were coming obviously. And with one of them, we, we stood, you know, 12 feet behind the brick wall and shouted through the, the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> through the, the, um, trees and said, hope you're doing okay. You know, desanitize the foil before you open it. And, um, <laughs> um, but just doing that was, was really fun. And, uh, it was fun to, to give, to even have a little bit of contact with friends, um, and, yeah, it was a fun thing to do. Well, I thought that was so great. Well, I'll tell you some of what Daddy and I are doing. Please do. Um, one thing, I'm, I'm trying to make dinner. You know, it's when I've been used to making dinner for crowds, uh, mm-hmm. to make dinner for two of us, if I make one dinner, it, lasts, it could last for about <laughs> ten people. <laughs> so yeah. I, I freeze what I make. But um, we've been cooking some fun things. I just cooked this. I think Nathan must have been here because he doesn't eat meat. But he does eat turkey and chicken. So I went to the he freezer. He red meat. It doesn't eat red meat, yeah. And so I went to the freezer, and there was this enormous, big package of frozen turkey, and probably enough for, you know, four meals from our family. <laughs> so I thawed it, and um, I made, uh, last night, I, I cooked ahead of time, some turkey patties. I'm going to I'm mm. gonna do sauteed onions, mm. and, um, and we'll have those with a little bit of um, Worcestershire or something on it. And then I... I've, um, browned up all the rest of the meat and I'm going to make some Swedish meatballs and going to make with some pasta and then I'm going to make a big pot because this is daddy's favorite uh, I, I have some uh, cornbread that was frozen also mm-hmm. I'm making a big big pot of um, vegetable soup with ground turkey in it mm-hmm. and so I just thought sometimes you know in times like this you need somebody to stimulate you and you gave me another idea which I'm actually doing for us for lunch in a little bit I, I have this whole big package of corn tortillas. Mm. So I'm going to put refried beans, a little bit of cut up tomatoes, onions, and chilies, and some um, a little bit of uh, cheese and avocado. And um, I just put my little tortilla in the toaster because we're only making two. Yeah. And um, so I think also just at least looking forward to we're all gonna have to go on diets because we're sitting inside (laughs) but um which leads me to one of my other things i know you've got lots of things too but i almost did this online and then i thought oh that would probably embarrass my children to death (laughs) (laughs) but um as you know you're the queen of um of giving me playlists Mm -hmm. of of all kinds of uh, you know people always want us to share a playlist and i i kind of become overwhelmed because I think which of the 50 should I send (laughs) anyway so uh, as you know I have been doing uh, I have been trying to keep up at least three to five miles a day because then I can eat more and then I'm healthier Um, and so I have this pattern throughout the house where I run walk dance sing and um, and listen to your playlists 
And lately, I've also been listening instead to these rousing tales that I'm listening to, some books. I know everybody wants me to recommend them, but the reason I can't is because not everybody in the whole world who listens to us has the same values as I do. So I, I do listen to some things that are adult. I'm not talking about R-rated. I'm just talking about a lot of my audience have children who are um, two, four, and six, and I don't necessarily think they should be listening to these books. <laughs> But, Maybe um, they're mommy-only books. There you go. Uh, but um, I've been listening to this uh, to several. I sent one to you, books on tape, mm-hmm. also while I'm dancing. And um, Daddy and I have actually started an adventure book, kind of a you know a think of uh, spy movies or whatever. And we're listening to one every day together. We go driving out in that long road that goes through the mountains. And drive back. We have a we have a twenty five minute there, twenty five minute back, and so we're listening to a book on tape, which is really fun. And that's kind of like an anchor in our day that we have to look forward to, uh, instead of wondering, do we have anything else to talk about after all these days? <laughs> I know when you skyped me yesterday, you said, "So is there anything new?" And I was like, uh, "Well, uh, not really." Uh, just, <laughs> I just been, any kind of news. You just know? been sitting in the house, but um, I will say something. I was going to add way back when it came to Mexican food um, oh. is is that I so I've been getting a lot of joy out of just like the prospect of eating bean and cheese burritos because so when we went shopping uh, last week to get ready there's for still a lot of Mexican food restaurants in in uh, St Andrews. No, there's in fact no. There used to be one, um, and it was like. I can say this now that it's shut, so I'm not, like, giving bad uh, advertising for it. But it was like if you – if someone had once described um, Mexican <laughs> food purely by, like, the colors and textures but didn't actually tell you what went into any of it, that was, like, what it would be. So you <laughs> – anyway, I digress. But all this to say, when we were shopping last week, all of the supermarkets were out of meat. They were all mostly out of beans. <laughs> But for some reason, the they have like a, you know, an international section. And they had a Mexican food section, and it was totally full. So there was salsa and refried beans and tortillas. And I that think would never last here. <laughs> well, exactly. It would never last there. I think it's just, I think most British people don't know what to do with, um, with Mexican food. So Joel mm-hmm. and I bought a whole bunch of it. And so I've been like preparing to make chili and bean and cheese burritos. And it's like really exciting because I, I haven't done that in a long time. Um, mm. But I was going to get tostado chips there now though, can't you? Yes, we can get tostado chips and that is nice. Um, but I was going to say, Joel has been running up and down the stairs while listening to dance music. So that's also happening in our home. And, <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing that, um, that we've been doing is we've actually started reading aloud at night, which is so fun. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm lucky. Joel, of course, actually is an audiobook reader. So he, you know, reads the Green Ember he series. He uses voices. Yeah. Oh, yes, of course he does. So that's been really fun. We've been reading books out loud. And I've also been like, you know, I'm really bad about watching movies. I know that sounds funny, but I'm bad about like, there's a whole bunch of movies I feel like I should have seen. Um, mm-hmm. But I figure now is, you know, when when better to watch movies? I, I have... Uh, you know, not a ton of pressing evening appointments. And so we've been watching some other like really beautiful movies that I've always felt like I should have watched, but never had. Um, and that's been we fun need to too. Pass those on my way. Oh, I will. Uh, yeah. I watched the mystery the other night that Kelia told me about. That was a lot of fun. And, and uh, daddy and I watched one hour of an episode of a series that we're watching, which is really fun. Oh, that's really fun. Okay. Wait, one last thing I was going to say is I found that there's like a, 
a website that has all of the Poirot mystery novels or like mystery shows with David Suchet on them here for free through the university. And so I've been over the last couple days. I love those. And we used to watch them growing up and David Suchet just is Poirot. Um, But because I've seen them, I don't have to like really focus on them very deeply because they're all so familiar to me. And so the other day I had to answer a whole bunch of emails, but I watched Poirot's while I was doing it. And that was a lot of fun. Oh, I'm so glad. Well, and you all grew up with us reading to you in the nights oh, and in yeah. the mornings and in the noon times and in the between. No, I'm teasing. I a mean, lot of reading has been happening always. <laughs> stories. It's it's fun in a way to get a big bowl of popcorn. And uh, I was telling everyone that another place to listen to stories, if, if you aren't ha- habitually a reader, yeah. um, is Focus on the Family Radio Drama. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And wait, the other thing. Sorry. Look at us. We're just going crazy. I should always have you on, Mom. Um, the other thing that I was reminded of when you were tweeting the other day about, uh, everyone's a homeschooler now. So tweeting about kind of, uh, resources. Mm-hmm. I loved the classical kids, um, yes. radio theaters, like about Beethoven lives upstairs and, um, Mozart's the magical flute, which were like these radio mm-hmm. stories that, um, told the story, the history of the composer's life in a creative way with their music in the background. Um, oh. Well, you know, I just love them, too. And as a matter of fact, uh, Terry Moon and I did a whole series, like about 20 authors and told the stories of them that is on our membership. So I think we're thinking of turning that into a course so that people can enjoy it. But, um, well, Joy, you just make me want to come to your house. But um, whether it's uh, books to read or crafts or whatever, I think that, um, you know, I, I should probably ask you this question because I think people are so worried that their children are going to miss out on school or that they're not going to do enough. And uh, so, you know, I've been writing about this lately, but don't you feel like even as you're with students, because you're a teacher now at, at um, teaching at St. Andrews, um, it's not it's not the details that you memorize or getting all the facts or whatever, but it's kind of being this magician in your home and creating a life, a rhythm, fun, beauty, interest, discussions at dinner, because it's not about just um, the information that you take in. It's about a whole life, a whole way of living. And you said that you could see that difference in the lives of some of the students that you were working with there. Well, I just found, I find that students, I'll put it this way, they get a lot more out of out of education here at this level. They get a lot more out of education at a college level when the the educational experience they had as kids and as young adults was one that wasn't focused just on kind of answering tests and test scores and whatever um, and ticking off the boxes, mm-hmm. but that they were kind of baptized into a way of learning where they were excited about the books they were reading, that they felt like they were telling a story with their lives, that they were kind of given the delight of seeing the world as a complex and interesting place with with difficult problems that they were a part of engaging with and thinking about. And mm-hmm. um, where, their, where their opinions are valued and they get yeah. to discuss and disagree. And, and I, I love it when... And, yeah, yeah, I love it when students, because uh, I want this for them, I want them to not think of us as entirely different people. Like I am the professor, who, which I'm not the professor because I'm not a professor yet, um, but I'm the tutor who knows everything and they're the student. I want them to think of us as being together on the same path, that we're both trying to grow in virtue and in knowledge and that they can own their voices and their opinions and their thoughts matter already. 
Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah. And it's funny. I think that this is kind of a chance to enter into that kind of more organic mm-hmm. experience of learning. And whether that's with your kids or yourself. Like, exactly. if you have a little bit of space, what kind of things would you want to be able to pour into your soul that you mm-hmm. can now that you couldn't at another time? Mm-hmm. Well, and we've been talking, I've been talking a lot of my thing. I'm doing the 10 Gifts of uh, Heart on my mm-hmm. podcast series right now. And um, I've been talking about the fact that uh, an education without the foundation of uh, character and spiritual formation isn't an education. Mm. You want to live a life where all of uh, what we're learning, the truth about God, the beauty of science in the world, the, the interest of our stories are integrated into a whole biblical worldview that that it ties together in amazing ways. And I, I've been trying to tell people that the way that happens is kind of what we've been talking about today, through relationship, through beauty, through memories, through traditions, through celebrating life. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, you and, and you do that so well. And so, Joy, I want to be sure everybody finds your podcast because... Well, and same to you, Mom. Well, it's an encouragement to me. <laughs> yes, well, and this so, will go on both of ours. So we'll both share where we're doing stuff. There you go. And where is yours, just to, just to say, where yours is? So my podcast is Speaking with Joy, and you can find that on iTunes, Stitcher. It's not on Spotify, but it's everywhere else. Um, and you can find out more about the podcast and about what I'm doing in St. Andrews um, on joyclarkson.com. And I also tweet Instagram and Facebook more than I should. So you can find me there, too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, and you can find me at Home with Sally on all the places that Joy said. And um, anything else that I'm doing at SallyClarkson.com. And we're just, we hope that all of you had so much fun with us today. Yes, and uh, we have you all in our hearts. And um, I hope that you have enjoyed this episode and it's brought you some delight. We hope you will go find something that fills you with as much pleasure as mom having her cup of tea um, in the morning. (laughs) Well, um, God bless everyone. Have a great day or great rest of the, have a great dinner with Joel. I'm about to eat lunch (laughs) and, um, and we'll uh, hopefully be joining all of you again soon and on our podcasts. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Bye.